Welcome back to the latest edition of the Red Bird Report. As usual, we are in St. Louis in our hotel room right after the Redbirds got eliminated. With me, I have Scott Pregrost. How's it going, guys? And a very special guest, I think only a second Redbird Report, uh, photo editor Alec Gantt. Alex, how's it uh, going? It, it's going. Last time I was here was when we got eliminated from the last Arch Madness tournament. For sure, for sure. He's currently wearing my jacket. Um, pretty pretty upset he didn't come prepared but that's that's not important we got a bunch of <laughs> illinois state basketball to talk about first time in my three years at illinois state i guess i've been here four years technically but three years on the isu beat this is the first time that they have won a game in arch madness i had seen losses the last two years last night they beat um indiana state correct me if i'm wrong scotty 58 53 yes 58 53 what's the score yep Really good game. Brian Jones' second win as head coach. We got some big news on the coaching front, too. I might as well just say it now. Ryan Payton named the next head coach of Redbirds men's basketball. Um, like, less than an hour or maybe just a little bit over an hour after the game was over. A lot of speculation on Twitter during the game, before the game, after the game. Someone spoiled the announcement pretty much by posting a screen grab of uh, – ESPN that had a press conference for Monday, which ISU Athletics denied was for the coach, but I'm not going to get too deeply into that. Um, but I think um, I think we have a lot to talk about with that those two games. Yeah, I, I mean, Illinois State, they I don't think they really played great in either game, if I'm going to be honest. I know they had a great comeback last night, but that first half was really poor. I think they played maybe... 30 minutes of good basketball this weekend, and it was just it was just not great basketball from the middle. I, Antonio Reeves struggled for about 30 minutes of the two games as well, so, I mean, it's it, it was definitely a tough weekend for ISU. I know they did get the win, but that game against you and I today was definitely rough. I agree. Um, like you said, they didn't really have a great weekend overall. I think, um, I think the best thing they did was the adjustments they made in the second half, specifically at like the 10 minute mark against Indiana State, they were down 10, they were really struggling to get any sort of pain presence, and then they were able to finally cut in, uh, which is something they weren't able to do today. I thought you and I really had the paint clogged up, they really, they really made it hard to get good clean looks in the paint for ISU. Um, what did you think about today? I. I would agree. I think the adjustments were poor. You talk about the paint. I think that it says they're outscored by, what, over 20 in the paint or something like that? Allowed 38 paint, points in the paint, I think is what it was. I mean, you can't win games like that. All they were doing were putting up threes. The only guy who seemed like he was trying to get to the rim was Antonio Reeves, and the only other buckets it seemed like they got from in the paint were on putback layups. So, I mean, you're not going to win games with that type of strategy. But, I mean, you and I is a great team. I don't want to take anything away from them. They... They're definitely a great team. A.J. Green, Noah Carter, two really solid players who they might make a run for the money at the NBC Championship if they continue to play at that level. For sure. I think um, big thing was also not stopping Noah Carter. Um, he's been a great number two punch for them this year after A.J. Green. He put up 16. Green put up 17. Um, and they also had Trey Burhow with 15. So they had three scorers above 15. And that's, that's tough to beat when you have – you have 20 from Antonio and 13 from Liam McChesney. But then not really any much 
any much uh, other outside impacts. You have Kendall Lewis shooting three and nine, strong three of eleven. And he he started to drive a little bit more at the end, but he wasn't getting any good looks. He was just kind of driving and then sending the outlet pass out. But still better than what they were doing in the first half. Oh, the first sure. half, it seemed like I don't know if anybody ever like went inside the three point line. It seemed like you were just running a five out offense, hardly cutting. It was just. It was not great offense. They they played a bunch of five out offense today, which I thought was a questionable decision, especially because um, you know they have they have Noah Carter, but I don't think their post presence is really that intimidating. I think it's their guards that are really, really what struggle. And it's it's weird to me that they they played um, they played so aggressively on the guards offensively and they were like letting them defend them um bunch of three-pointers though yeah that was like you said I mean, that was about all they got was three-pointers and they shot 40 percent from three-point range in the first half which is decent and they dropped down to 33 percent overall after shooting 26 in the second half or 28 sorry um a lot of foul trouble foul trouble Howard Fleming fell out late in the game. Yeah, he fouled out late in the game. That was huge as they were down, I want to say, 11. Not that likely he wouldn't have made much difference, but he is their best defender. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. The foul differential was insane, 17-9. to I think it was 8-2 to in the first half. Yeah, it was bad. It definitely hurts them. And then, like you were talking about, Alex, Abdul Jai had two fouls in the first, what, 45 seconds of the game? Yeah, what did he end up with, like four? I think he ended up with four, yeah. He was close to getting fouled out, too. He had three. Three. Three? Yeah. I, I, I know it was three, three but then I, again, I left a couple minutes left in the game to yeah. go edit those photos for you. But, yeah, yeah. it just looks sloppy. Yeah. Not, not a great game. They had five block shots today, three from Antonio, which was something I noted yesterday. They only had two block shots against Indiana State, which I thought was well, – Which I think were both Abdus. Yeah. Yeah, they were both Abdus. I, they were talking about it in the press conference post game. I mean, the block shots definitely went down once Cy Chapman went out. They were yeah. up there in the nation in terms of block shots per game, and then Chapman went out. And you still had McChesney blocking some shots when he came in, but it just wasn't at the same level that Chapman was doing it when he was healthy. Ice, he loses by 13. You question if they have Cy Chapman in there to match up against Noah Carter, because I think that's I mean, a that great matchup match for Chapman. That's a gigantic – if you get his 17 points to, like – down to six or seven, you have a way different game. And then you have another thing, though. I mean, they already out-rebounded you and I, but I think if Chapman's there, I think that rebound differential becomes even greater. Maybe you get a few more offensive rebounds in there, prevent a few of yeah. you and I's offensive rebounds. I think we were talking on the way back, like, I didn't think that we out-rebounded yeah, you did. and I. It, it didn't, didn't seem like, like it at all. Like, every time it just seemed like you, there was no, nobody on the ISU's team to get that board. And they had the same amount of defensive rebounds, which I felt like ICU was doing a really bad job yeah. rebounding defensively, and they had one more offensive rebound. But overall, they really, you and I shot really well today, 47.5%. ICU didn't shoot poorly either at 40%. But you have to, you have to look at the turnovers for ISU. ISU had 15 turnovers to you and I's eight. That's, that's not the recipe for success. And you take at all. minimum two points per turnover. Yeah, it you, it's, it it kills your momentum. You and I scored sixteen points off turnovers, so almost a whole differential right there. Yeah, a lot of sloppy passes. A lot of sloppy passes. There's a bunch of turnovers too in the. I think both teams like had three. No, ISU had two turnovers on their first two possessions, and then they had good stops on the Panthers, but. 
and correct me if I'm wrong, I really feel like the ISU team doesn't have anybody that really, besides, I think Howard Fleming does the best at getting that momentum going and, like, hyping up his teammates. Yeah. Otherwise, I feel like the rest of the team can be kind of stale. It doesn't really, yeah, I agree with that 100%. I just, they don't seem to have a whole lot of energy. When they're down, it's, yeah. it's hard for them to get back up just because they don't have that energy from their bench or anything like that. No. And even the times, like, there's been times where it's been other players besides Howard DeLifton, mainly Antonio Reeves. But it's not even with his actions. It's just that he decides to take over the game and start being super aggressive, which, honestly, how do you feel about Antonio's aggressiveness this weekend? I mean, I I always say that I like when players are more aggressive. It creates more opportunities for everyone else, but it, today it just wasn't working. Like, I know he did have 20 points in the end, but, like, through the first 30 minutes he had nine points, and he was getting – they were stopping in the paint. He was not finding a whole lot of success there. I mean, he had two free throws. Other than that, I think it was three of nine from the field before that. So, yeah, he had 20 points, but – he did definitely struggle for the field. Yeah, he did. Um, what else should we talk about? I really, I didn't even realize this until right now. ISU was only outscored by three points in the second half. Yeah, I mean it was a ten point. He was forty to thirty at halftime. Yeah. So, but it's just when you don't make adjustments, they clearly didn't make the adjustments because like we were talking about, they had what eight first half. Or eight points in the paint in the first half, and then would they finish with like sixteen? Sixteen. So, so they kept it at eight again. Their, so their gameplay didn't change at all. No, it didn't really change at all. And I mean, you gotta change if something's not working. Like, yeah. If something's not working, you change it. You gotta give credit to Noah Carter though, because he definitely uh, put his uh, impact in the paint because he kept those guys out, and then he dominated offensively too. He was overpowering a lot of those yeah. guys. Yeah, I see energy was just down the entire game. Yeah. I didn't really know when Kendall Lewis was guarding Noah Carter, but I, I saw it a lot when he was guarding McChesney. He was really just bodying McChesney. He was moving them out of the way. And it kind of raises the question, why did Ryan Schmidt only play a minute and 57 seconds? I think Ryan Schmidt matches up with Noah Carter at least physically better. Yep. I don't know he stops him at nearly as well, but I think you got to give him more than a minute 57 to see if he can, he can stop their second leading scorer. Yeah, definitely. I agree 100%. I mean, you got to do something to change what him and and then even Green, I mean, it didn't seem like he was doing a whole lot, but he ended up being their leading scorer, I believe, in that game. So Yeah, 17 points. You got to do something to stop those two because those two are clearly their two best players. For sure. And uh, nine of his 17 were off three-pointers. Only yeah. one, two made, and the rest were off free throws. Yeah, definitely. Um... I don't have too much more to say about these two games, to be honest. What do you think about Moeller's presence at the... At oh, the yeah, game? we didn't even bring that up. Dan the Man was there. Um, almost really, got kicked out by some... Yeah, he, he almost <laughs> got kicked out today by security because he hopped the barricade. I don't know, almost kicked out. They had a discussion, no. though. But he's um, Dan the Man. He can't kick him out. Yeah, but anyway, Dan decided to show up, support, support the boys. Um, I thought... Thoughts about Dan showing up for you guys? I mean, great supporting him. I mean, it shows a lot of character. It's just, it's I mean, a little, it was a little weird, honestly. I didn't expect. I mean, it. he was a Red Bull before he was a coach, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's his team. Hundred percent. Like, whether he was a coach or not. So, I look at it from that standpoint too. I know someone else on Twitter was saying like they didn't like that he was there, and I, I mean, it just shows that he truly does care about the team. I didn't have a problem with the, the fact that he was there. But Brian Jones said one of the most interesting things of the weekend on Friday, or Thursday. I keep thinking say Saturday for some reason. But he said one of the most interesting things of the weekend yesterday when he said 
First, he went on to say Dan's been around at practices, and then he corrected himself to say he's been in the office still over this time period, which I, I don't want to say Brian Jones is lying, but the, the fact that he just instinctively said that Mueller's been in practices makes me think that Mueller has been in practices, and that's... That's interesting. And, and even if he hasn't been in practices, if it was just a slip over the tongue, the fact that he's been in the office still talking to the coaches is really intriguing to me. Because he talked about he didn't want to be a distraction to the team, but here he is and he's still doing all that. Unless, yeah, like, but he's not being the face of the team, though. Yes. So it's not – I think he's still not a distraction. He definitely has some insight on, you know, some coaching things for the team. And whether it be he's not being hands-on and he's just yeah. being someone that the coaches can go to – and kind of talk to like yo like here's or think with this player what do you think just just to talk to I think um, yeah. give some different insight. I agree. Yeah, I would like some more information about that, but I doubt we get it. Um, but again, we're looking at a new coach now. Yeah, so, Ryan Payton, uh, very very good recruiter. I think that's why ISU won him. He recruited EJ Liddell to Ohio State. Um, but then there's big talks, you know. Uh, Antonio Reeves was asked a lot if he was going to be staying after this year. And which he, I mean, he obviously just shut that down as any other player would um, until it's official. But do you think the new head coach hire would change that at all? That's, it's an interesting question. I mean, it, it, if he is as good of a recruiter as he says, I mean, he's in a prime location. You're right in between St. Louis and Chicago. You are in the range where you can get these great recruits. And I mean, if he can recruit these guys, maybe he can somehow convince Antonio Reeves to stay. But it, and you have that team chemistry too. Just keep building that. Because how young is this team? Pretty young. I don't. Still I think pretty young. is the only player that's leaving. Everyone yeah. else, I think, can stay. Which is yeah. And that's, even that's Abdu been the talk could stay couple. another year if he wanted to. Because yeah. he was a red shirt one year, but he's been here I think five years now. Yeah, but that's always a talk with this team. It's like, oh, they're young. They're young. I feel like it's ISU sports across the board. Just oh, they're it is. young. They are yeah. all young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So ISU I mean, was very impacted by the COVID year. Some t- one of two things happened. Either you had a bunch of really old teams or a bunch of really young teams, and ISU was on the really young side for pretty much, I mean, volleyball, basketball, football for sure. Women's basketball, I'd say they had some experience. Yeah, Juju Redman and Kale Newland both played quite a bit, but outside of that, I mean, Deanna Wilson's a junior. Oh, Mary Crompton's been on the team for four or five years, but she's like she still has another year after this mm-hmm. one. But, yeah, just keep building that team. Keep building the chemistry on it. Like, it – I guess can only go up from there, right? That would be fingers, you know, knock on wood, fingers mm-hmm. crossed, whatever. But I think we're for sure gonna see some players transfer. It's kind of normal. I, with ISU. The player I actually think is leaving is Fleming. I think Fleming's gone. You think <laughs> so? Mm-hmm. That'd be a tough loss for them. I mean, he's he's like he's a fan favorite among ISU mm-hmm. people. I mean, he easily their best defender, like you said earlier. He showed a lot of potential offensively at the end of the season too. I mean, that'd be a huge loss. I was thinking about this yesterday. Antonio Reeves is for sure ISU's best player, but mm-hmm. Howard Fleming is their most important, and you can't convince me otherwise. The stuff he does on defense, off ball on offense, he makes some decent passes. He got his turnover numbers down from last year, and he shows splashes of where he can really score when he's when he's in his zone. Yeah, you can see that passion coming from him, and yeah. that's what I really appreciate about him as a player. I mean, dude's goofy, but he's got some passion on the floor. One player I wouldn't mind seeing transfer – and oh wow, yeah, would be Mark Freeman. He definitely. I don't think he brought. I think his expectations were high for him because he averaged. I think <coughs> I looked it up earlier this week. It was like seventeen five and five at Tennessee mm-hmm. State, leading the conference in scoring. And then 
definitely a drop off this year. Just an insane amount of turnovers this year. Led the team. I, I'm not sure what the official number is yesterday. I don't know what he had yesterday. He had six today, which is bad. That's really rough. Six point six turnovers. No assist, which that's really, really, really down there. But yeah, he had a lot of hype coming in, and he's a quick player. He's like, a, so fast, and sometimes that's his downfall. Yeah, sometimes he gets, he gets old, too fast. Yeah, kind of over himself. Get yeah. Um, but again, that's like again, that's just something to work with. Like mm-hmm. learn how to work with that. Yeah, I think you get Chapman back. You get McChesney in the weight room some more. McChesney has to put on weight. Yeah, <laughs> he I is do. way too skinny. He. I'm gonna look up how much he weighs right now. If he's listed above a buck eighty-five, I'm calling it a lie. That man is sticking bones. <laughs> he is pretty tall, though. So he that is tall. Could, that, that could is make true. a difference. But he's come around this season. I've I've enjoyed seeing him play and he's stuff. He's played he, well too. Like yeah. uh, don't get me wrong, he's played well. He just definitely has to put on some sort of weight this season. And again, season. he's young, yeah. so it, you'll see. You'll see that. I mean, you look at uh, Antonio Reeves. He put, put on muscle this year. Exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just all about that off season and I helping the team grow. I think now that he's been with the team for a year and now he's got this off season. Yeah. Especially if Howie stays, because I remember I talked to Howie before the season and he was, he was a, it sounded like he was a main person to getting them in the weight room more. He's listed at two hundred. Yeah, that, that's not great. But, yeah. I, who knows? I mean, it'll be interesting to see. But I, I think one thing I'm really curious about with uh, Payton coming in is. Can they improve on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah. And we talk about it every offseason. It's clearly their biggest flaw. I mean, their offense is there, but they worry too much about their offense and they can't put enough into their defense, which kills them. And I don't know. I mean, if, if they can improve defensively, I think a lot of these other teams are losing a lot of players. I think they can compete to be middle of the pack definitely in this conference next year. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's good to score, but the defense, no matter again, going yeah. back to no matter what sport you're playing, you got to stop them from scoring. Because yeah. you can go out there and score – Four points, eight points, but if they're scoring eight points right back at you, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. I don't have anything else. You guys have anything else? No, I think we're good. No. Well, we're officially in a new era of Redbird basketball. Um, I'll have coverage of the press conference of Ryan Payton getting announced on Monday. Be sure to follow that along. Be sure to follow all things IC Sports at VidetteOnline.com. Uh, follow our Twitter at the underscore Vidette and follow our sports account at Vidette underscore Sports. Uh, Remember, stay hot, birds.